Hello everyone and welcome to the Bell Collective podcast. Bell Collective is a community for professional women who want to change stereotypes surrounding female travel and creative choices. And I'm your host, Alina Rudia. Today, my guest is a Kiwi photographer and drone pilot, Petra Leary. In this episode, we discuss aerial photography, women who drone, as well as talk about ADHD and how it affects professional life of a creative person. Hi, Petra. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. How are you? How, uh, like, I'm actually pretty good. Uh, it's uh, morning right now in Berlin. Um, I know that it's evening right now in New Zealand. Yeah, Saturday night. It's um, 9.30 at night on a Saturday. All right. Well, this is this is definitely like half a day between us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's so um, weird to think that like, yeah, I just woke up recently on Saturday and you've had uh, like a whole day of uh, work already probably or uh, I don't know, like what did you do today? <laughs> Uh, yeah, I've literally been sitting in front of a computer since about eight o'clock last night. <laughs> wow. Okay. So you didn't sleep at all. So we have to to uh, do this <laughs> podcast as fast as possible and go through all no, the questions no. as fast as possible. It's totally fine. No, I actually ended up falling asleep on the studio floor because I was waiting for things to render. But so I have oh. slipped a little bit. Yeah. Okay, on the floor. That doesn't sound like the most convenient <laughs> yeah. uh, part, of course. But or you should probably introduce yourself to or, to uh, my audience and basically uh, tell a little bit about yourself, so they know why are you sleeping on the studio floor. And uh, so, yeah, tell us uh, who you are, where you're from, and what exactly is that you do. Cool. Um. Yeah, I'm Petra Larry, and I do drone or aerial photography and video. Um, I've been doing it for uh, nearly four four and a half years now. Um, I kind of shoot like all sorts of things, but my favorite things is basketball, skateboarding. Um, and the reason I was sleeping on the floor is because I've just been on a shoot for the last few days down in the east coast of New Zealand, and I had to finish editing all the files, and it took me all night and all day. <laughs> What is that you uh, were, you, uh, were you shooting? You were shooting. Uh, I I was shooting um a bunch of sort of like a mix of landscape uh scenery and some dancing for a group called Ronga Fukata Trust which is um one of the iwi from Gisborne New Zealand all right um, wow. yeah and you did yes. videos it was, and it was a, uh that was all just footage so like they're actually they're going to cut it all together and it's part of a dance and um From what my understanding is, it's like the visuals that will go behind the people actually dancing. Oh, um, okay, great. Yeah, yeah, it should be it should be awesome. I think it's playing at like Te Papa Museum in Wellington and stuff. Oh, um, this is this is pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, um, I've only recently uh, um, started with the drone videos because before I I had like the most uh, simple impossible drone which only held in the air for like eight minutes or so yeah. so I never really did videos I did only like top-down shots like over my head basically I couldn't even fly that far so for me like the the whole video part is a new thing and I'm really just like exploring it all these modes and everything and it's just like uh, also like uh, seeing your work it's really really inspiring and I really love that you also work a lot with geometry and uh, with all those like top-down shots as well which I love a lot and I think this is like really like some kind of like a very separate kind of photography art um which is drone photography um oh, thank you <laughs> so how did you actually come to drone photography uh what did you do before and uh yeah like what was your first drone uh how did you start 
before I got into drones, I was pretty into like the whole like sort of urban photography. So that was like, you know, climbing, climbing up really tall things like cranes or like getting onto the rooftops and stuff. So you could get those photos from the aerial view, but it wasn't, it's, it's a different, you know, it's such a different style of, of photography. Um, and mm. then I was also studying design and then I went on to work as a des- like junior designer um, at this place called Serato for, for a year. Or, uh, and it was actually while I was working there that um, one of my friends, he was, he was a drone off at the time and we needed someone to shoot some clips of the building that we worked in and I got him on the job and then he gave me a turn on his drone and then I was like, I got to go get one. Like that was like, I'm, I'm <laughs> going to get one that day. Like it was this something about it. It was so like hooked, you know? Um, so yeah, what was it like, for since drone, then, yeah. The first drone was the DGA Phantom 3. Okay. So that was a big one. I mean, it's the, it's not the one you can really travel with. It's like the big bulky. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I, tr- I did travel with it. I took it to Hong Kong and, um, <laughs> I, I like lugged it like because I had it in a big sort of one of the hard case things and um, I remember we were walking around everywhere me and my friend because we, we were kind of t- doing the rooftop photos at the same time and I'd take it with me and we'd just like I'd just lug it up like all those huge elevator stairs and stuff you know how Hong Kong so like kind of piled up um, yeah oh, so yeah. that was pretty interesting like to take it around and I don't think I even really shot like that much on it when we were there that was when it was pretty new um, to me. Yeah. But Still. I remember uh, I went to Hong Kong myself and I saw all these like amazing pictures in Hong Kong. But I was somehow like, I, I always like feared to fly my drone there because I felt like, it was, is, it, is, it, is it really forbidden? Is it really allowed? Because I saw a lot of pictures shot of the buildings, but I'm always so scared to actually fly it over people and like in the urban areas because I always feel like there will be, there will be some... Uh, you know, magnetic interference or something, and I will fall down, or I will be arrested by police, and will be in- incarcerated. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Yeah, and no, I, I, I get that. Um, that it's actually it was it's interesting because I think I, I don't know about now, but when we were there like a few years ago, and um, I think the laws there were like one of the most chill out of all the countries. You know, there was like f- pretty few places that you weren't allowed to fly. Yeah, I think uh, a few years ago it was also quite different everywhere, I think. Yeah, yeah, totally. Like, same with here in New Zealand. Like, it, I, it was more that, you know, just because there wasn't that many people that had them. So mm-hmm. the laws aren't – there's probably were some sort of laws, but they weren't as specific um, to what they are now, just globally, really, yeah. Yeah, it's changing. It's changing pretty much. Also because of the security, like, of the security of the drones, I think a lot of people just – more and more people are getting drones for just recreational, for just fun, amateur photographers or just somebody who wants to fly them for fun. And then they might, uh, yeah, like lose them or they will like fall down or lose connection and then get lost. And like the, of course, it's also like quite dangerous because if it's like flying over people, it can just fall down and I don't know, like injure someone. Um, So the question would be, have you actually lost a drone before? Because, well, yeah, I mean, it's like, one of the biggest fears is that <laughs> it will just fly away and never come back. And that's like another few grand never, never seen again. Yeah. I haven't lost one. I haven't had one fall out of the sky on me, but I did have one. It was actually um, one of my first jobs and it was in Gisborne, the same place I've just been recently. And I had to fly it out onto the sort of Cape thing, like a big point. It was about like two Ks out on the sort of like coast of the ocean. 
Mm-hmm. And it was really, really high winds. And it was the Mavic Pro 1. And I was bringing it back. And I this is pre-me knowing that you could put it into sports mode, you know, and it would get back a lot faster. But I was trying to bring it back and the battery was going low. And then it just did that automatic landing. And this is it was still like a K and a half away. And it just landed. And I, and I saw like, you know, on the GPS, you get that sort of last moment of where it landed before the battery dies. So I could see on my phone, it was somewhere out on this like huge cape thing. And I, I, my, the guy I was with, he dropped me off there and then he had to go. So I went on this crazy mission and I climbed over like all these paddocks and I actually ended up falling into this hole. Oh like, my God. It, it was like a landslide hole, but it was, so it was kind of like um, these grassy hills and you couldn't see it. And you just like take a step and like fall into these like hole things. And then I climbed over a bunch of fences and walked for like maybe like a K into like these cow paddocks and I got to where I thought it was and I couldn't see it. And I was like, you know, like pretty like heartbroken that I was about to give up. And just as I turned, I saw this thing like shine in the grass and I found it and it was fine. (laughs) um, And that's the only time I've like kind of lost one. I I actually had this thing uh, just the other day I was shooting some skateboarding stuff um, on the Phantom 4 Pro and it was hovering above two basketball courts uh, it's not basketball courts sorry the basketball hoops and like it was I've been shooting on it for a couple of hours and I was like oh I'll just take some photos like just before we finish up and all of a sudden it just it just did that thing where it says um landing you know like automatic landing yeah and I was trying to I was trying to it was directly above like the middle spines of the basketball hoops and about like three meters above it and and like it was just slowly coming down and I was trying to cancel it and it wouldn't cancel and it just kept going and then I just got to like a foot above it and it just stopped because of the sensors and it was hovering there and I was like it's gonna go like it's gonna go down and sure enough it just went straight into the middle thing smashed into the poles and then like flew off bounced off the ground and flew back up in the air into the exact same place and it was like about to do it again. So I, I managed to like jump up and grab it out of the air by the leg. Um, but yeah, it smashed the legs up pretty good. So oh Jesus. Was- this is this is my like work like I really hate, especially when it starts landing or it says like, oh, the battery, the battery is like dying. So uh, return to the home spot, especially if you were following or something. And then you're like, no, no, cancel, cancel. It doesn't cancel. And it's yeah. And then you're like, so I'm always getting so nervous because it's like peeps so loud. And you're thinking that, oh my God, the whole, it's going to just, uh, it's just like, this is like the part about droning, which really, really annoys me. Every time like the battery goes down, like to like 30%, I'm starting getting ner- nervous. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's, it's funny. It's like, um, I remember like the first few times I flew them, I just had that sort of like that feeling you get in your stomach when I'm like a roller coaster, you know, that like butterfly feeling <laughs> just like of nervousness that like it was going to fall out of the sky or something like that. And um, it, it never has, but now it's like, I'm fine. Like I don't get that anymore, but now that I got the Inspire, I get it with the Inspire. Cause it's like, it just makes me so nervous. Well, yeah, but- <laughs> this, is, this is like a huge ass drone. I mean, this is so big. What's the battery life actually? It's it's similar to like the Mavic and stuff, so it's about like twenty seven minutes or something. Um, but you know you have two batteries for each twenty seven minutes, so it's yeah, it's definitely a bit of a step up. <laughs> it's wow, pretty intense. yeah, I mean, uh, so you're gonna you're gonna probably do some more uh, commercial work with it, definitely. I mean, it's gonna be such as like the quality is so much better. Yeah, yeah, like it's pretty amazing. Just um, even just I I did some shots of at these kids skate ball in their backyard 
and they had it lit up at night and um I've always wanted to shoot stuff at night but you know like the other ones the sensors are so small that even even if you crank up the ISO it's just it's not that good like it doesn't it's okay but it's not great but I I was shooting a bunch of stuff on that and like the video at night is amazing like wow you don't even have is, yeah it's this so is something I, I would love to try um but right now I'm shooting also with Mavic 2 Pro Yeah, and uh, I have to admit that the, of course it was a huge um, it was a huge upgrade from my Spark, <laughs> <laughs> so I, I definitely love it, and because I, I can travel it with it anywhere. But of course, if I'm thinking of shooting something more, like yeah, like I would love to do more videos because recently, like I've been to New Zealand actually in January. I saw just, that. Yeah, just before the lockdown and um, <laughs> just before the whole like Corona craze started and we we're really lucky to be there for three weeks and I was actually like droning quite a lot it was really really nice uh, over there and I, I yeah. think it was like uh, I did like a lot of videos uh, and actually more videos than photos and I was really excited I was like actually like this is so nice and every time you do a video and you include drone shots it just looks so much more cinematic and so much more professional <laughs> so totally um, yeah so it's, it's really really cool um, but let's go back to like your style and like the way your picture look. I, I totally love the color scheme. Like uh, if you saw my pictures, you definitely saw that I also love colors and geometry. Yeah. So your pictures really, really uh, talk to me like in, in the most positive way. And I really love that you are using this uh, bird view shots a lot. And uh, how did, uh, what exactly actually attracts you to this kind of bird view, like top down shots? Yeah, um, it's 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 interesting because I I never really like um, it wasn't like a conscious effort, you know, to to take just those sort of photos. But I just something about them just subconsciously, I just love that perspective. I think like now that I kind of like have analyzed that over the years and stuff, I, I I think it's just mainly that you get so much more symmetry mm -hmm. when something on that, yeah. you know, like completely top down and um it's also like I have this real uh thing where I like I hate seeing things when they're crooked when they should be straight like it just <laughs> bugs me so much when things are like they should be straight and they're not straight you know obviously with nature it's it's a different thing because nature is nature you know you can't change that but if it's something that's man-made that yeah. stuff like bugs me out so much so <laughs> that's like a big thing with my photos is I have to have things like perfectly straight, perfectly like centered if they should be centered. Yeah. I've noticed yeah. that. I was, <laughs> I've noticed that actually, like you use diagonals, but you also like have everything like centered straight, like the pictures you use, you, you sell in your store. They're all also like uh, perfectly like either. Yeah. They're actually like most of them are like vertical with like really straight lines and it looks very, very graphic, very nice. Definitely. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> well, I, I actually like, um, I studied graphic design for a few years and mm -hmm. I think but pre having a drone and stuff, but I, I pretty sure that like sort of plays a big part as well in like my style because I came from that background. So yeah, I have like that sort of, that was my eye before it. Um, and it's just kind of translated over. Yeah. And yeah. translated beautifully. <laughs> um, Thank you. Next question would be like, uh, well, being a drone pilot is not really popular with women or so is it perceived? Because I know that I, I know it by my, on my own, like very often people address me as dude 
just because they think that, you know, if it's a drone shot, a dude uh, or a guy uh, should have made it. So do you actually face any gender stereotypes when working either with your clients or even talking to like random people about your work? Um, I, it's funny because I, I feel like for the most part, I haven't had much of that. It was especially with clients. Like I don't, I don't think I've ever had like mm-hmm. that sort of thing happen to me. But um, I definitely had for social media up until about the last year or something. Uh, most people thought that I was a dude. Like <laughs> people would always like, oh, this guy, like even in interviews and stuff, um, it would be like his work is blah blah blah. Uh, just I guess yeah, people just presume that it's especially maybe with the basketball courts and stuff that it's got to be a guy that takes those photos. Um, this, is, this is so weird. It's not even weird. It's just like, it's, it's like this little things, right? Like, Oh, a woman, she cannot be interested in, in sports yeah. or a woman. She cannot be interested in drone photography or is like people ask me, for example, is it, is it hard to, to, um, uh, to drone? Or sometimes I would take pictures and like my husband will be present and people would always assume that it's his drone. <laughs> and he cannot oh, wow. even he cannot even like he doesn't know how to use that so yeah. it's, it's always like a little a little, little kind of stereotypes it's just like no, that's I love that's them. pretty that's pretty bad I, I I definitely haven't had anything like that happen before I mean I think as well because New Zealand is you know it's such a small place that like people tend to know everyone you know so you kind of already mm-hmm. have that like a little bit of that background of people have an idea of who you are to some oh, degree yeah. yeah it's interesting um, because Uh, New Zealand is really definitely so small and it's the same like I had uh, with my friend um, a podcast with Ausa Steiners from Iceland and she also talks about like yeah you know like people know me uh, in Iceland as and I'm like oh, yeah the, the country is so small that everybody knows your work <laughs> this is like this is really really cool and actually the whole country knows who you are kind of <laughs> I guess yeah it's true <laughs> Um, so, um, yeah, talking about New Zealand and gender equality, I mean, I definitely, uh, when I was there, I was uh, like, you know, I was following your prime minister, was really like all this like cool initiatives uh, she, uh, she she's doing and she's implementing. And I'm thinking like, oh, like New Zealand is really a very equal country. So what is what is your thought about your own country? Like, uh, how, how is it? Uh, how is the stance with the gender equality and with the female rights? Uh, do you feel them? <laughs> do you feel a difference if you like travel somewhere else? Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I think that like, we're, we're, we're really lucky because yeah, we definitely do have a pretty equal balance for the most part I mean we've had like the we've had like two women prime ministers in the last like 20 years or maybe less years and like, I think we were even the first place in the world to give women the vote so yeah we're definitely pretty advanced like in, in that aspect I'm sure there's still like certain areas where that's not the case but it's not so much like things that I see that make sense like um I I I definitely have heard like stories from people saying that they you know that as women they don't get paid as much as men mm-hmm. um in, in certain careers and and things like that um I haven't I, I don't actually know any other women drone photographers that like work commercially so I don't know like what you know what their sort of story is with that but um 
No, that's another yeah. interesting thing. It's like it's not about even about a payment, but it's also that there's probably like not many women even go in that field. So that's already like a thing that probably it's like not kind of seen as a female profession, you know? Yeah, I mean, there's there's one there's one thing that comes to mind when I can think of like I don't even know if it's really like if it is specifically this thing that we're talking about, but I know that um, there was a few months last year where I had quite a lot of like older men putting in fake complaints against me about flying my drone. So, cause I think they were kind of, they, they didn't like the idea of like a younger woman, like getting, getting like a spotlight for, for doing that work. Um, really? I think that really bugged them. Yeah. And it wasn't, there was like some professionals, I, like some other pilots or how, how, what happened? Yeah. The thing is that I don't know who it was. Like I, you know, it's like, I never found out who it was, but I had like a pretty good idea. Wow. But yeah, they pretty much were trying to get me in trouble with the CAA, which is, you know, the Civil Aviation Authority for things that weren't illegal, like just okay. kind of take grasping at grasp me at whatever they could to try and get me in trouble and then when I'd actually talk to those people the people in charge and explain to them like this is from here and this is not you know that then they're like oh pretty much the guy even pretty much told me he's like basically you've got a few enemies so wow they're just looking they're looking for things and yeah that's the only real time I've actually like experienced something where it feels a bit like it's to do with gender well, we, we, I mean, we we don't know, but we can only kind of assume. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh. Well, I, I mean, he he told me that there were like yeah, there there were men, there were like older men that something, yeah. and I guess. Oh, it's look just at that! The, like small New Zealand, big drama. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this the only yeah. drama really I've ever had to deal with. So. Um, let's talk about you finding clients because I look at your website and there's so many clients and commission work and editorial work. And uh, how do you actually um, find clients or do they actually find you? Like, do you m- do more press work uh, like magazines or actually you work more with corporate uh, clients? Uh, how, yeah, how is this whole process, business process going? Yeah. All the work that I've gotten has been work that has come to me um, and the same with publishing uh, and like magazines and stuff. It's all just been from people seeing my work either through Instagram or mm-hmm. somewhere on the internet and getting in contact with me and asking me, you know, to do whatever would be available to do the jobs. Um, That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's pretty crazy because I've, I've had quite a lot of people ask me that, especially with like the magazines and stuff. Um, whether I like pitch to them, but yeah, it's all just been from them contacting me. But you're uh, <laughs> mostly working with magazines and clients from New Zealand or also worldwide? At the moment, uh, mainly New Zealand. Over the last couple of years, I've it's been quite a mix. Uh, I've done quite a few things with magazines from Australia, um, uh, Europe, America, Korea. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I've done a bit. I had a couple of big jobs from um, some companies in the states over the last couple of years, which was cool, which is pretty crazy. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and they so, just yeah, directly pretty- contact you. They just like contact you on DM on Instagram or on your website usually. Yeah, usually, usually if it's like a client, like a for like a commercial job, they tend to contact me like via email mm-hmm. from. Um, I think from my website mainly, but um, a lot of the magazines, they'll see my work 
through Instagram. Mm-hmm. That was actually uh-huh. cool. Yeah. That was actually my next question. I was like, uh, I was even, I even wrote it down here. Like, does Instagram actually play an important role in marketing work? And obviously, it does. <laughs> yeah, I mean, for me, I think it's been huge. I I feel like Instagram uh, has. I pretty much got like my whole career to thank from Instagram to some point which sounds weird but it's true I think no uh, no absolutely <laughs> like for me it's absolutely not weird because that's the same like my career started I also like got the notice on Instagram and this is how I'm getting most of uh, <clears throat> my clients till now and it's like my, my portfolio and even though there's a lot of disappointing parts of it of course um, um, generally like uh, but I mean I, I have everything All my travels, all, all the books I've published, I think it was all uh, thanks to Instagram that I could have fulfilled it. So I can totally relate. <laughs> yeah, it's a pretty amazing platform, the way that it's it can do something like that. And But yeah. I've noticed that, uh, of course, the clients are coming to you. But at the same time, you also won a lot of awards. But in order to win with those awards, you actually usually need to apply And uh, so the question here would be like, do you actually spend a lot of time researching and applying for grants or, and awards? Because I mean, I know myself, I'm super lazy and it's a boring job. So I <laughs> uh, almost never do this. But then like when I actually applied a few years ago to a certain awards, I actually even won something. So maybe you can encourage um, some of our amateur photographers or followers who who would like to get inspired by hearing that it's not only fun and creative part, uh, like, you know, not only the fun and creative uh, side of the business, but also that you're uh, doing some uh, boring stuff in order to actually, yeah, like win, win awards and get not- noticed. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Like I definitely agree with you because um, it is hella boring. Like, to you know like I, i i've been looking recently just at the sony photo awards the world photo press awards um and i i've like i spent like a couple of days just like trolling through folders and folders trying to think of what i wanted to enter and then ending up not doing it and like i'm gonna go back to it eventually but it's it is like i spend i wouldn't say like heaps of time um looking but like every so often when i'm kind of got a bit of free time I'll just ha- have a look through the internet and see if there's anything open that um that looks like something I'd want to enter mm-hmm. and then yeah it does it, it's not like the funnest thing but it, it can be it can be kind of fun you know because you get to sort of re-look at photo uh, like photos that you might not have looked at for a while and then especially with the one there was one I just entered recently where it was um a photo series so that was kind of fun because mm-hmm. that was like me like looking at a whole style of like a specific subject and then trying to like choose my favorite six or something to go together so that was kind of fun but like it, it's admin I guess to some extent but like yeah it's definitely worth it because yeah it's like what you're saying like you kind of you, you might like oh no I can't be bothered entering it but then it's like can be like a pretty big surprise when you do enter it and you might like you might get something from it or you yeah get some I, sort of recognition. I, also, <laughs> I mean if you don't enter then you 100% not gonna win right and if exactly. you enter then you have chances to win for sure and uh, yeah I'm always I'm, I'm super lazy I actually should also start doing this and um but uh, yeah sometimes it's just like uh, the whole process you know it's just and then also picking out the best picture and like to pick up something which you think would be worthy 
is always such a big hustle. It's just like sitting there looking through all your hard drives, like, oh, which one? And I'm like not very organized. So my pictures are all over the place. Yeah. <laughs> Most of the time it's just like, where is the best shot? And uh, yeah, it's kind of boring. Yeah, it's a hard one too, eh? because it's kind of like um, uh, I entered just normal photo competitions for a couple of years before I got into drones and stuff. And like, it can be like pretty disheartening when you, into something thinking like it's so like you really think that like there's something special about it and then yeah. you don't win anything and it's like but like um and there's there was times when I into things like you uh, in the drone stuff and it didn't like get anything and like I mean it was like you definitely can get a little bit down about it but it's not it's just like a good push as well to be like to keep making things and trying to get something better like yeah, just improving right. in quality and stuff so I think the frustration part, it's like what scares me. I like, like this, this kind of fear of failure. And you totally understand that sometimes like they, they probably didn't even see your picture because there are like thousands of thousands of uh, pictures submitted and like not every, not like the best picture wins, but probably like the picture, which was like entered in the right place, right time. And, you know, they were probably yeah. like tired of looking through all the submissions, but yeah, like just this personally, you take it very, like I, I take this kind of rejections really personally this is why probably sometimes I don't enter even though I could <laughs> yeah yeah well you know that's like it's because you're an artist right and like artists are sensitive so yeah otherwise I you wouldn't wish I was in so much <laughs> um you mentioned that you were doing graphic design and you also do like digital art um and you have uh like on your website there's also the the art part and I was actually wondering how how much do you actually edit your pictures and do you actually because some of the pictures I was actually wondering like of the courts I was like are those edited or like did you actually like maybe um yeah created some kind of pattern with this with the picture you you've taken like how do you actually how much do you actually edit your drone work it depends on the photo like a lot of those basketball courts that's actually what they look like um mm -hmm. just because we have a lot of new courts around but um there's definitely times where if it's like sometimes I'll find like an old court or something that's just like concrete and then um yeah like making like weird illustrations and stuff and adding them in to sort of give it something different and mm -hmm. um you can see in a lot of like a lot of those sort of sports ones as well where I'll edit out like a person so there'll just be the shadows mm -hmm. just and and it but it's quite like it's not subtle because you know it's obviously you can see it but it's sort of like I like the idea of the person looking at it like double taking because you at first you just you don't really notice it and then you're like oh that's like a bit weird like what's going on so yeah it's um it's sometimes I I will like it there'll be like 50% just like me like making random adding things to them and then I got like pretty into um doing 3d renders oh wow uh, so I've been like especially over lockdown and stuff I spent like a lot of time just building these crazy 3d renders but those ones are they're real obvious because they'll be like almost like inception you know like mm -hmm. four-dimensional walls like going everywhere and stuff um but yeah I did like a little bit of sort of combining my photography with some of those 3d renders mm -hmm. yeah oh. so so like it's all I, I consider my work more like art than photography for a lot of it yeah I mean it, it looks very it looks like I, I'm definitely like something I would see hanging in the museum 
Um, I love like normal uh, landscape drone photography as well. I mean, in a way, but it's like, it looks very conventional to me. Like, even if it's taken from a high vantage point, it's still like, you know, a normal landscape. But if yeah, I look at your pictures, it's like really graphic. There's all these colors, shadows, and obviously like the top down element is just like gives it a different, totally different perspective. So it looks totally different from like most of the pictures you usually see, like taking with a drone. So yeah, yeah. That, that yeah well, I think. Oh, sorry. I, no, I was just gonna say, like, I think like a lot of like the reason that I do um, like add things and stuff is just because I feel like there's just such a you know there's such a huge like community of people that use drones and there's some like some great like photographers and stuff that it's like it and people follow trends as well you know so like you just mm-hmm. it's 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 easy to get lost like in and all that so I just like want to make it my work some like kind of different so it's like a bit more unique to my own style and stuff instead of just like another photo of a basketball court yeah definitely I mean it definitely (laughs) works definitely but um so you're droning you take pictures you shoot uh, and cut your videos as well and you're doing it all by yourself like do you do you actually have any of free time or you were basically busy all the time and um yeah and like you said you, you also have a studio so do, you, do you work in a studio or um yeah actually uh, free time. yeah so um yeah yeah like I uh so I just have like a um one of the rooms in our house is like me and my um my partner we share like a studio is like we take in one of the rooms as a studio mm-hmm. um so yeah that's kind of where I work and then but I kind of just move around the house as well um but no I at the it's 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 a funny one it's kind of like that freelance life of you know for like you might not have any work for like a a month or something and then you can then I'll just work on my own stuff and go and take photos just for fun um and then all of a sudden I've got like five jobs on so I have to be working 24 7 for like three weeks but yeah yeah yeah, it's like a real up and down yeah, after uh, actually like a quick, uh, quick, uh, basically story about New Zealand, like uh, New Zealand really got um, super successful with the whole COVID situation. So uh, did, did you even like you've had lockdown in a way, like you locked the whole country down from tourists entering, but uh, how was it actually during that time? Uh, it, it was actually, it was funny because um, I was actually in Australia uh when when it all started happening mm-hmm. um on a with one of my friends on a on a trip and um we got back the day before they started doing like the mandatory quarantining here so oh <laughs> when we got back we were like we need to go like we can't go to our houses because we've been overseas and stuff you know just in case so we ended up like managing to find this house in this place called Waihi which is like a little tiny beach town a couple of hours from Auckland and so me and her and um her her boyfriend we all went down there and we just like lived in this sort of like beach house holiday home for like a month oh wow and yeah because because it was like level four lockdown here so you couldn't you know it was the same as like most places where it was like you couldn't go out unless it was for essential travel and stuff mm-hmm. or essential purposes um so it was pretty nice though because it was like we'd just been like overseas like shooting a bunch of stuff for Ford and things and um it meant that like I didn't have any other work I had to do. So I just kind of spent that whole time like 
going through all that footage and then that was when I started getting really into those 3D renders because yeah. I went like a bit stir crazy from like being having to be there for the whole time but um it was fun it was, like you know like we were real lucky that we didn't have like it wasn't too bad here in terms of like people getting sick and stuff so it wasn't yeah. like it it was um it was a bit more enjoyable I think um yeah and then, it's better to enjoy it in a Well, it was also also the summer here was actually winter there, but I think Auckland is still pretty warm, right? Yeah, yeah. So that was like the original lockdown. So it was still summer here. That was in March. And then um, we went out of lockdown and then we went back into lockdown like about a month ago. Uh, just Auckland went into lockdown because we started getting some more cases here. Oh, yeah. Um, Maybe like one case uh, <laughs> and already a lockdown. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. It was like I think it was like three cases, and then um, it was just like so out of the blue. It was like all of a sudden my flatmate came in, and like oh my partner takes me in, and my flatmate came in, and they were like oh like we're going into lockdown tomorrow night. Um, Auckland's going back into lockdown, so like there was a bit more to do because it, I was in Auckland, so like we could walk around and like I just took heaps of photos and stuff. Yeah, I mean, actually, city, it's a different feel and unless you have to like really sit at home and not work, walk out in Berlin. It was yeah. pretty cool. I mean, in Berlin, it was, you, you could go out like I, I, me and my husband, we were like going on, on walks and like we're drinking. So like some coffee places were open only to like to go. But still, it was like really, really good because otherwise I would just go crazy at home and Like I'm not I'm I'm great I'm great at procrastination so I would probably not do any like useful work but um, yes I actually I mean I've started the podcast during the lockdown so I guess that that was like something something very useful yeah that's good <laughs> yeah, that's definitely. a good that's a good uh, project yeah it's I mean it's like it's totally that thing as well though as like when it when it starts it was like so ambitious like I was like yeah I'm gonna do like so much like I'm gonna organize all my hard drives and blah 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 and then I never did like any of it like it's just you just end up procrastinating but it's um it's a good break yeah definitely <laughs> um so probably like coming to the to an end of our podcast but uh one question which i uh which uh, really interests me personally as well uh very much because i read that you have adhd and that you are a new zealand ambassador for adhd And I was just wondering, um, like, when were you diagnosed and how do you deal with it? Like, and what probably are some, like, biggest misconception about ADHD um, and how does it influence your work and life? Yeah, um, yeah. so I was diagnosed when I was, I think, 13, um, like, the start of high school here. And um, I kind of, like, been taking different medications for since then, like, on and off. Um, which is really helpful for me. That's like a pretty like controversial thing, I think, for a lot of people, but yeah. it works for me. Um, I find it like really helpful for like what I do because um, just like not not the medication, but just like having ADHD is like you know when you're flying a drone, you you have to be so aware of everything that's going on around you as well as looking at the screen and stuff. And mm -hmm. um, like a big misconception with it is that it means that you can't focus on anything. But like for me anyways, it's more that I feel like I, I'm so aware of everything at the same mm -hmm. time. So which can be super hard if you're trying to have a conversation with someone and there's heaps of shit going on around you. But like for something with the drones, it's like I can, I feel like the multitasking is actually amazing because it's like I'm like I know that there's like a tree to the side of me and this is happening next to me, but I'm also looking at 
the journey and I'm moving my hands at the same time. And I don't know, I feel like it's just like something that has like sort of, it just suits it so well. And then like one of the like big things with it is like having like being hyperactive or like having lots of energy and stuff. And like, that's kind of just drives my, um, me wanting to go around everywhere or like walk around <laughs> everywhere or, and yeah, like I, constantly look. Yeah. I was never really officially diagnosed until like recently I went to psychiatrist and I was describing like my, uh, how I was as a child. I mean, I'm from Eastern Europe and so they didn't have that, that diagnosis at all. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, like I was talking to a psychiatrist and he actually said, I'm like, yeah, I can totally see that you have definitely ADD. Uh, I think they don't diagnose adults here in Germany with ADHD. I'm not sure. They just say like, you know, you're, you're, you're an adult, you're not hyperactive, you're just old. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Um, yeah. I, I have no idea. He told me like, yeah, probably. But then he told me also like, yeah, no medication, like because medication only helps kids and it doesn't help adults, which I kind of know it's not true. But I, yeah. I didn't, I didn't try because I think here in, in in Europe they are prescribing any kind of like drugs and medication very, very, especially like your psychiatric and um, help uh, the, uh, health. They don't prescribe it so easily. Yeah. So uh, um, I don't know how is it in New Zealand, but they definitely didn't prescribe me anything. So I, I know I suffer from it, from it a lot. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's pretty interesting. Yeah, I think it's like really um, I've, I've noticed in the last few years that it's like become um, a lot more like known or something mm -hmm. or just like talked about, especially with like, old, like older people. You know, it's not like a kids. It's not all kids and stuff, because I, mm -hmm. I never knew any other like I never knew any adults that um like I knew that had it or anything it was always just like something that was like kids um but yeah it's it's like grown a lot yeah just, I just uh, the question is also of course if it's like if a lot of people who claim who have it like if they really have it because it's I think it's really hard to diagnose really I mean yeah. especially with kids like they can be just hyperactive because they're kids um and like yeah giving like giving little kids drugs probably is not the best option and I think it's something very American uh, I, I don't know about New Zealand but but as an adult I think you can like they can evaluate you so much better if you really have like this kind of disorder or this kind of um I don't know even know how to call it situation <laughs> yeah it's a funny one because eh? it's like eh, I mean you can definitely people can be like oh like I'm so distracted and I can't concentrate like I must have ADHD or something and it's like Oh, you're just tired and stuff, but um, like you can, I, I feel like you can, you can tell when someone really does have it. Of living with my husband together, um, it really showed me how different, like how people actually, um, how normal people can concentrate and work, and how can they do stuff, because he can uh, really concentrate for a really, really long time on uh, on a lot of things, and he really like just just looking at him makes me actually very upset about my own situation because uh, for me, it was always very, very hard like to concentrate on any kind of work. And um, I'm always like restless, but also like in many cases, I really like don't even know where to start because there's yeah. so many things I want to do. And like, this is why, um, yeah, being creative helped me a lot because yeah, I could have done so many projects at the same time uh and start at <laughs> yeah. the same time so probably this is kind of helpful for somebody who has this kind of a I think it just lends itself so well to to creative fields you know like mm -hmm. it, because you have I feel like people with ADHD are like they we think in like such a different way to how 
uh, regular brain does and it's just your your brain is like compensating for like things that like you struggle with that and like creating like weird new ways to to do things and mm-hmm. yeah I mean like I, I I I'm not I feel like it it would be pretty different like um you know if you're just trying to deal with it without like anything to help you whether it's like medication or just like other like ways of doing it but um it's like you you kind of like you you definitely like develop like ways to work <laughs> that <laughs> that are kind of strange but like interesting <laughs> well this is this is definitely i mean it definitely works for you <laughs> the yeah. way you work it definitely like yeah, you you created an amazing body of work and i i'm really happy to see uh, like women uh, you know great professional women doing um something which is like unconventional i mean unfortunately still un- seems to be unconventional or it seems to be like a ma- male job and i'm really happy to see like a drone pilot a woman who is uh, really successful and really like kicking ass in New Zealand. (laughs) Thank you. Uh, I love your work too, by the way. Thank you so much. I really would like to actually like, you know, it's, it's getting harder and harder to drone in uh, Berlin, like in uh, in Germany, like for example, I almost never drone because there's so many restrictions that, you know, like just to uh, even have a, like, you know, just a recreational, just for fun, for funsies, like it's really hard because you check the map and almost everything is red and you cannot fly anywhere unless you have a permission, which sometimes you just want to do it for yourself and for a job. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, in, in, in Europe, they're getting like harsh and harsher with it. But I think in, um, yeah, in like some other countries it's possible. So yeah. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see where it goes, like with like, the laws and stuff, because mm-hmm. um, we, we have pretty good laws here. Like you, you still, you don't have to get permits like if you just want to go shoot something and a lot of places you can just go shoot it. You you can use this thing called Airshare where you can like put a you know, like map your flight and stuff. But um mm-hmm. uh even for commercial things, like I'm doing a job and they they just had to get like permits through the council, but it only takes like a couple of days. It's not like a yeah. no, it's not like a huge thing. So um I'm not sure like is it so there where in Berlin is it like if you wanted to just go shoot something just for fun? Yeah. Park, can you or you're not allowed? No, I mean most of the most of the places in Berlin it's like you cannot do anywhere closer than uh, I think in the city center, for example, it's because of the governmental buildings. It's like completely the radius of either ten or twenty kilometers completely banned. So oh, you cannot wow. fly at all. Yeah, I mean this is like crazy. And sometimes like you know, like I kind of flew like a little bit, maybe somewhere, but um I mean, I I just don't want to get in trouble, so I just don't do it because Germans are really strict with their laws, and like you know, like maybe in some other country they'll be like, okay, you're flying, it's not really allowed, but whatever, you know. Like if we don't catch you, like, but here I've heard stories that people would publish something, you know, and then it would uh, be followed on their social media, and um, yeah, the the authorities would just uh, uh, give them a huge fine, uh, you know, for droning and for posting a drone picture from the area where it was like banned. So yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, that's um, it's a shame because it's like you know, there's so much potential in drones that like to have such restrictions on them is like I don't know, it just bugs me. It's like anyone can, anyone with like a normal camera could be like taking weird photos. It's just like people. Oh yeah, but with normal with normal uh, (laughs) pictures, you don't fly over fences, and you don't, you cannot like get into like some kind of restricted areas and like intrude private uh, people's privacy without really being noticed with a drone you can just like 
really fly and not be noticed and like people would not like catch immediately because you can fly up to seven kilometers with a drone while <laughs> you know you cannot really <laughs> go away far from yeah. the camera when you're shooting it so yeah I guess this is like yeah. a controversial statement of course as a photographer and a drone pilot myself I wish it was like less strict and uh yeah but at the same time I totally understand because a few times like I was in Greece once and I was like sunbathing naked in my hotel like on a terrace <laughs> and then suddenly there's like a drone over me and I'm like and I oh, saw yeah, that, that. Well, that's creepy. That's yeah, creepy. Th- this is totally creepy and this is totally illegal as well. So like I was totally annoyed and I would never do it, do it to any other person like that. Like, you know, so recently yeah, I was yeah, like yeah. shooting in Switzerland and I was just like, ask the people, they were lying on a, on a little, um, like boardwalk, uh, in the lake on a little yeah. beat and I asked them if it's okay if I just like fly up co- real quick and do a picture of myself. And if they don't want to be in the picture, they can just like roll around and like with their backs but if it would be okay. And one girl, she was, she said like, no, I won't be comfortable with that. So I, I had to say, okay. And then no, I mean, you have to also respect people's privacy, even though it could have been such a great shot. <laughs> <It> <laughs> do do you show them your work? Do you like, did you like show it? Like, no, oh, this no, is I was going to do it in the middle of the lake. So. All <laughs> oh, right. right. Yeah. I mean, I like if, if it's like, if it's more than, you know, if people already like, showing their discontent i'm not gonna yeah for sure no that's i know i totally agree like i i that's definitely something over the last couple years i've like i've like made like more of a like point of like if i want to shoot you know like going and like talking to people but like i found like 99.9 percent of those people are like super cool of like yeah yeah like go for it you know like they love it (laughs) they want that people tend to love their photos you know (laughs) like photos of themselves so Mm. (laughs) Yeah, in yeah. Germany, like that, it happened to me a couple few times that I would be droning and people would start yelling at me. It's like your your drone is too loud. Like, no way! <laughs> and I was just like, okay, well, you know, like you don't want to face an angry German, so you just you go <laughs> <Yeah>. away. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, I get well. that. I've had that a couple of times too, but not a lot. That's for sure. <laughs> well, that's good. That's good. Well, anyway, I was I was so happy talking to you, and I think like it's it's time for you to go to bed now because it's really late, late <laughs> over there, right? <laughs> yeah, it's it's working. not too late. Ten thirty or something. Yeah, but you 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 said that you worked all uh, all night <laughs> yeah. yesterday, so I think you really need a good night's sleep and uh, finish your work. <laughs> I wish you all the best with the uh, with your future. Um, with your future work and with the commercial uh, part of your work uh, I'm really looking forward to see like probably more footage shot on the Inspire because I think it's going to be like a totally different quality and uh, yeah I'm, I'm I'm really loving that you're kicking ass in New Zealand with your work so thank you it's been you. awesome I've met you so yeah it's been great in New Zealand yeah who knows yeah yeah next time you're in New Zealand please hit me up it'll be great to meet you in person Next time, flying another 40 hours or on the other side of the world. We'll see, we'll see. So, uh, yeah, or if I ever come to Europe, I'll hit you up. Yeah, yeah. thank you. Bye-bye. And it is a wrap. Thank you for listening to the end of our Bell Collective podcast. It was such a pleasure to have this call with Petra from the opposite side of the world. I really hope more women will get inspired by her story and work and dig into exciting world of drones. I'm looking forward to speaking to more inspiring women in the podcast to come, so please subscribe, tell a friend about Bell Collective, and stay out of the box.